Hey, Sean. Yeah. You know, I'm really disappointed with people because there's all of these amazing games coming out and I get the feeling that we won't be able to play any of them. Why is that? Because uh, you go outside for necessities and people are acting like we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, that's very true. I uh, I spent an hour and a half of my day yesterday at Ikea and I hated an hour and 28 minutes of it. Yeah, we had to go and we got a, a ton of stuff and pretty much the entire time there, I could feel the life force draining from my body. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty embarrassing to think that uh, this is the kind of world we live in now and people just don't care. Yeah, and at least though, we have our show where we can talk about video games before what, we die. Why don't we do that? Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen Podcast. Of course, you've got Sean and David. Um, we're a little beaten up and bruised because of our experiences at Ikea, but that's not going to stop us from giving you guys uh, a show where we're frankly going to complain a lot. You know what? That uh, No matter how gloomy we're feeling, that intro always gets me bumping. I know. I feel really good about I it. I feel rejuvenated now. A minute and yeah. 53 seconds into this show. Let's get going. No, let's, uh, let's thinking- rage about something. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way through because I was just like, "Oh wow, this is uh, this is really uplifting." I'm really pumped up. Yeah, oh let's my god, it down a notch! All we have to do is complain about things this week. We have some fun news, but yeah, there's some good stuff that has happened in the last uh, week. Yeah, I mean, Mixer no longer exists. Too soon. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't even think I ever watch anything on Mixer other than. Microsoft's E3 presentations where you would get free shit. Yeah, truthfully, I used Mixer twice in the last month. The I signed up. Being, I signed up to stream on it, and then I never started streaming on it. Let Let me tell you how bad this platform was. Or yeah, I guess we should say was. It does expire as of I believe the seventeenth of July. But Mixer as a whole, you would like go onto the Mixer platform on your Xbox if you didn't want to use the website, and it would only give you a select few games that were streaming i as much as david hates it really enjoy playing warzone and watching warzone videos it's just something i've been doing to keep myself from losing my mind through all of this covid it's a it's a very good coping mechanism for me but when you go onto mixer it's not one of the top 10 games so on your xbox unless you want to like actively go search for it opposed to have it readily available based off you clicking it's a lot of work. Not only that, when you try to use it, like I was using it while I would like sit on an exercise bike in the living room and watch video games. But the, it would constantly lag out. It would be very grainy. My Xbox heart is hardwired. There's no reason I should have any sort of like grainy video off that. Well, maybe it's Good not you. Maybe, maybe, right, it's, maybe it was the streamers that were having issues. So here's the thing, though. Mixer had implemented some 
technology that Twitch doesn't have, which allows for um, high quality streams at very, very low latencies. So my experience in watching stuff on Mixer was actually quite the opposite of yours. Anytime that I watched anything, um, I had very few issues with the stream. Um, I I hope that Twitch can take some notes from what uh, Mixer has implemented and what they did right and what they did wrong. Well, you know what else is wrong? Microsoft switching their mixing, like, well, mixing. So all of the Mixer stuff is actually transitioning to Facebook gaming, their live platform. I wonder if the website will stay the same and they're just going to name it Facebook gaming. It may be. It might be Mixer and then with like a s- subtitle, like by Facebook or something like that. Kind of like how WhatsApp is now, right? WhatsApp yeah. was bought by Facebook a little while ago. Yeah, because Facebook needed to own everything people were doing at all times. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. I just logged into Mixer real quick. I mean, not logged on. I just went onto the website. Top stream right now has 948 viewers, and that's Fortnite. If I go over to Twitch, the top Fortnite stream alone is like 18,000 people. I think a big part of that is because Twitch has been a huge player in the streaming market for so long. That, and, and I know that we've mentioned this before in previous shows that we've had. Um, when you think of a streaming platform, the first one you think of is Twitch. Yeah. Right? Not even uh, YouTube. YouTube's fairly... They're, they're fairly smart on how they do their, their streaming. The only thing that you hear the knock for for things like YouTube are um, how like tips and donations actually... Get, like YouTube takes way more. Yeah. Um, and really Mixer, when it first launched, Microsoft pushed that a lot, but the only way that you found out about it is if you were on your Xbox or you were watching like a Microsoft stream or something like that, where they're like, Oh, watch on Mixer, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I'm not, not I'm not surprised that it is not lasting for them. So from what I've seen, like, I'm just scrolling through the website really quickly, but some of the notes I had from the other day, like when Mixer kind of tried to take off, they bought two of the biggest streamers available at the time. So they paid both Shroud and Ninja a ton of money. I think it was a combined like $40 million to come to their platform to, to have their full-time job every Mm -hmm. day be streaming. Right. Yeah. Months in people were already seeing our, one major thing happened and that was Ninja was no longer just playing Fortnite. Ninja was now playing Apex Legends all the time because it had to deal with Microsoft. He was playing PUBG again with some of the OG streamers and he was getting on Twitch streams with Call of Duty players. So he was cross um, cross promoting his streams on Mixer while other people like Dr. Lupo or Tim the Tapman as examples were playing their games on Twitch. So people were still seeing Ninja on Twitch, Mm -hmm. just not his point of view. When it came down to it last week, or yeah, I guess last week when all this uh, information came out, it came to light that both Shroud and Ninja decided they were not going to continue their... um, Like, because 
Mixer is shutting down. That is technically the end of their contract. They were offered more money to go to Facebook gaming and both of them said no. So Yeah, because fuck if, Facebook. Yeah, if you're fans <laughs> of either one of those streamers, expect to see them on Twitch sometime soon. If not, you'd see them on YouTube, potentially. I would say, I if anything, like if they did not want to go back, because, you know, they, they might they might get uh, a deal with Twitch, but it probably won't be anything significant. Right? You don't like, need it, though. Like, yeah, they're loaded. Like, Ninja would become an affiliate within a day, I'd assume, because all of his like traffic would come over with him. Yeah. I'm I could actually, see them moving to YouTube. Uh, maybe. Ninja's account doesn't exist on Twitch anymore. Like, I just looked to see if it... Oh! Last live over a year ago. His channel is still active, and he is considered offline. Now, if you go on to Twitch really quickly, as an example, just because I have both numbers right in front of me, and I just click on Fortnite. Fortnite has a combined 162,000 viewers online right now for Fortnite. Just Fortnite. The most Mixer has right now total is 4,308. At this point last week before the announcement, it was only up another two grand. It was about six. Sorry, the exact number is 6,722. That's not a lot. Not at all. No. In, in comparison to, to like, other platforms, right? So, like, I, I know Microsoft has a ton of money, and I'm sure paying out both Shroud and Ninja didn't hurt their their bottom line too too much. But maybe Microsoft was smart and goes, "We can sell you this this platform that works. Your Facebook gaming is actually quite shitty. Like the biggest person on it is Doctor Disrespect because he's been banned from everywhere." Um, and Stone Mountain 64 is also on Facebook and YouTube. So when you watch their games, it just kind of like pops up on your screen. There's no real, like you're going to interact with the post as if it's like a Facebook live, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. What, what maybe Microsoft looked at is like, Hey, we can unload this platform that is fully functional. We just don't have enough grip or traction and maybe Facebook can do something with it. So they sold it to me or they sold it to Facebook. I know that there have been rumors that um, with, oh, wait, no, Amazon owns uh, Twitch. Yeah. I heard that Amazon was looking at getting a, or expanding their platform. Because Amazon just released their first um, game. It was like one of their Amazon Game Studios game um, not too long ago. What was that called? It was called Crucible. And that's like a a classic, you know, team based shooter. Yeah, that was the one that w- they give you um, the seasons pass. Essentially, if you played before June first, right? Yeah, you got like a thousand dollars in game credit, which equals about ten something. And yeah, you can use it to buy the season pass. Um, yeah, I, I could see them going back to Twitch, if if anything. Uh, I can't see them going to Facebook just because a lot of people don't like Facebook. Um, and it's not very good for uh, like streaming in general. Um, yeah, but at the same time, and I know this was, you're probably getting pretty frustrated with me the other day when you're telling me this, huh? Well, the, I realized early on you were kind of doing your, your whole devil's advocate thing, but like, 
I, I understand, like, don't get me wrong. I would love to sit at home and do nothing all day and play fucking Warzone for eight hours a day, but then I would actually be required to be good at it. I couldn't get away with getting like four or five kills a game. I, I just think that, uh, like, there's this whole, I understand esports and, you know, teams playing and stuff like that, but that's not those people's jobs. Like, when it's this big thing, it's like, oh, these two Twitch streamers or the two mixer streamers you know they have a contract for 30 million dollars or whatever it may be just to play video games it's like okay in this day and age sure that's that's great and that's everyone's dream to just be able to play video games but it's not really you know giving back to society in any way shape or form um and i just don't see i don't see the the like I don't know. It, it's it just doesn't seem like a big deal to me that these guys don't have a contract with uh, Mixer or Microsoft or Twitch or Amazon, Facebook, whatever it may be, because really they're not given to society in any way. You know? No, no, you're you're and you're absolutely right. And it's like okay, some people say it's like well, it's, you know, sports players, you know, athletes. They get paid millions of dollars to play sports, but that is a physically demanding game that requires physical training. And, you know, like they do more than just play the sports. Like they go out into the community. A lot of the times, you know, you can have, you'll see uh, like athletes making big donations, helping out with, you know, community stuff like that. So I, I, I've seen that argument where it's people say it's no different, but it totally is. Um, And, yeah, so it's just like when when you were telling me this, I was actually walking around Costco grabbing a few things, and I was having a good time, just kind of playing devil's advocate because I could I could hear the frustration <laughs> in your text messages. Yeah, I'm um, a little frantic, but uh, at the same time, it's like I I get it. I would love to, and and we've talked about st- streaming, right? Getting back into that and. And it's a platform. I think it's a good platform to reach and engage your audience, but I don't think it should be anything where people are paid millions of dollars just to sit and play video games. It's all advertisements. Like you said, right. You had mentioned to me, it's all for like advertising and stuff like that, which I get it. There's a ton of money in that, but at the same time, you know, it's like, Oh, there's so much, so many better options to spend that money, you know? Yeah. Like, like I've watched streams where people have donated like bits or like straight cash, but like four or $5 from each person adds up. Plus subs- like on um, Amazon subscriptions pay you as well. Right? Yeah. Twitch and- prime subscriptions is like, I think they get like four or five bucks per prime subscription. Yeah. And if you're a prime member, you get three or four subscriptions you can give out every month. Uh, one. I thought, it, I thought you got more than that. I'm no. sorry. My bad. It, it might've been, more than that but i know that as long as i've had twitch prime it's been uh one one free subscription per month that's fair that's fair so now now that mixer has wasted a little over a year of most people's time if not less because it just like uh, man one more gripe you remember what was it two xbox updates ago where they like implemented mixer to be on your dashboard no matter what you couldn't remove it uh no so it's like uh, if you go on your dashboard it's like the third one down or fourth so when you're going down your list it's just all like it's a whole mixer panel which is annoying as shit i just don't like it oh i don't scroll that far down 
Anyways, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what was even more annoying than the mixer announcement, which wasn't too annoying? It was only annoying when you and I talked about it. Um, I could guess, but I might be wrong. Okay, go ahead. Does it have to do with a company that we love to hate? I think it's has to do with a company I'm beginning to just hate hate. Uh, would that have to be with EA Play? Yeah. I mean, I'm just... What a waste of time. <laughs> that was an hour and a half. Like, EA, you owe me an hour and a half. That, so, that you owe me time. So or some, free video. Some people, uh, so anyone who listened to our previous episode, we had mentioned near the end of it that we might have done a mini episode uh, or like an interlude or whatever you want to call it based off of whether or not the EA Play um, presentation warranted it. And um, the fact that there was no episode between this one and the previous one indicates that it was not worth it. Um, Literally a 45 minute or it was just over an hour. It was just over an hour and there was maybe like 20 minutes of gameplay or like game, game footage, right? There was a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes maybe longer of people saying how video games make them feel in, like they can be whatever they want to be. Um, they had a big thing about, you know, inclusivity, how like racism and tr- like uh, transphobia, homophobia, all of that stuff is not allowed or acceptable. Yep. Like a ton of stuff about that. And it was like, okay, I get it. They are trying to appeal to everyone. But they, the way that they did it made it look like the, I don't know, it just seemed kind of douchey. Yeah, I think starting off the presentation with a guy in a chair being like, we're live, but not really live. We're live. Oh, and that like, host pissed me off too. Yeah, I, okay, hold on. Let me formulate my thoughts. So I don't just turn around and say this was big poo poo. But it was slightly big poo-poo. When you go into a presentation and they treat you as if you're a five-year-old filling out the treasure hunt at a breakfast diner to keep yourself distracted while your parents drink a coffee. That and like they set the tone for that at the beginning of the show. What are you expecting? Like for for one. When I watched that, I was like, all right, we're going to see some EA content. Um, I know like David's favorite game, Madden, was going to be brought up. And he was really excited to hear about the story mode that they were um, increasing. I'm, I'm looking at it as if, okay, we, we understand that times are different. Times are changing. And you needed to do something. But if you would have showed up with this fucking exact same show at um, E3, people would have laughed your asses off the stage. Like, I know the EA Treehouse that they do, they kind of do their presentation and then they do their EA Treehouse. That's fine. But, like, they usually do that for, like, The Sims and whatever, like, um, what are they called? EA Originals. They do it for that and then they they leave the, the first party stuff to like their bigger presentation, but to start a presentation and being like, guys, we're going to search for the golden letters. 
And at least like they could have scrambled them. Like you knew by the third letter it was going to be EA Play Live. Yeah. David, I'm at a loss for words. I don't even want to talk about the games. I just want to keep complaining. It was, it was, yeah, they, they tried to build it up to be some, this amazing, exciting thing. We love everyone. Everyone's included in this. Uh, And then it was just kind of disappointing. There was a few interesting things that they showed, but overall it was like, okay, everything was kind of expected. Um, Probably the only the only thing that I was actually really psyched for was uh, Apex Legends coming to Switch and that it is including crossplay. And the thing is, I don't even play Apex Legends. I did for a little bit. I suck at it, um, but like maybe having it on Switch might get me back into it. Uh, but yeah, it's just like okay, that was they started off strong with a big update on Apex Legends. Yeah, and it looked like a massive, like, I think, I can't remember. Did they say it was season five? Something like that. Or three. I don't know. I can't even keep track. Lots of gold stuff in there. Um, So, yeah, they started off pretty strong. It's like, okay, yeah, like, understandable. Apex Legends, free-to-play game, big update, major announcement of of it coming to Switch, and uh, cross-play. And people were pumped. They were like, oh, my God. EA is starting to support the switch. That's what the message was immediately when they said that about apex legends. Yeah. So then after that, they had probably like a good 10 minute segment. It felt like of people talking about how the Sims makes them feel like they are. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. They're like, that was like five minutes at the most. It felt like it must've felt long. It felt long, but it was like, bunch of people talking about how they're bullied in real life or something like that, or they can't be themselves in real life, but then the Sims let them lets them be themselves. And the Sims has always been great for that. But what the Sims doesn't tell you or what they don't tell you in the presentation, because EA is just a bunch of capitalist money, hungry whores. The Sims like star Wars battlefront two, and like any other game, like even battlefront or sorry, battlefield, the Sims is filled with, um, microtransactions to make the game better. Like these content packs that are like $5.99. Like a few weeks ago, we were going to talk about this on the show and it kept getting pushed off because we just had other content that we had to talk about. But the Sims community was up in arms because they were releasing their next big um, expansion pack and all they did was they reanimated a few things and they made it an eco pack. So they essentially released an Earth Day patch but they charge people $40 for it yeah and and the thing is is the sims it's been around for so long right and they started back before there was digital distribution of stuff you know if you wanted more content you had to buy the expansion but the expansions came with a ton of stuff on it right whether it be uh new new areas to explore or new building materials costumes shit like that but now with digital distribution, they're releasing these smaller updates that all are paid, right? Like small content updates. And it's like five, six dollars per. And the thing is, is because the people who play these games, um, people who play these games just are used to paying or buying these expansions that they keep doing it. 
And so EA's like, oh, well, this method works. We're just going to keep doing it. And they slowly started to try and implement this same kind of concept with the microtransactions into other games. Um, and it that backfired on them for Battlefront 2. But the Sims community, guys, you got to get your head out of EA's ass because they're just milking you dry. Yeah, and they came out a few days before being like, we are not... I repeat, we are not releasing The Sims 5. And I was watching the presentation on my TV. I had Twitter open and I had uh, a YouTube open on my laptop. Or um, actually, I had YouTube open on a tablet. But anyways, just so I could see the comments. And you see the little Sims logo. And everybody's like, oh, fucking Sims 5. Like, did you just forget the announcement two days ago saying they weren't doing Sims 5 right now? They probably won't for a while. And it's funny the, because... A while? Didn't the game come out in like 2012 or 2013? Uh, did it? I, I don't know. So. All the Sims games look the same to me from Sims. from like There are Sims 2 and then I've lost track. I didn't realize that like Sims 4 had come out. It's all... So the initial, yeah, the initial release date was September 2nd, 2014. Wow. So and it has a thing, nine out of ten rating now on Steam because it's on Steam. The funny thing is, is uh, when we were watching that part, Angela was watching it with me, and she's like, "How old is this game?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." Well, I, I'd be lying if I if I didn't ask myself the same question through a few other trailers we saw, um, but we didn't see very many. The next thing we saw was oh, sorry, just to confirm that, yeah. The big Sims 4 announcement was it would be on Steam, which people were just freaking out about. Because now people who don't have an Origin account or don't want to pay for the game that way, it'll be available on Steam. Some of the Sims community is very upset, though, because Steam, the home of the Humble Bundle, is probably going to give away this. Like, I will for sure buy it for like $30 if I can get absolutely everything because it'd just be funny. Like, I, do, I don't know. Uh, maybe we can run the numbers real quick while we're talking about the next game, but I wonder what the entire Sims 4 collection is worth. Oh, like thousands of dollars. Like, if you were to... If you were to buy absolutely every DLC, the... Holy crap. I'm just looking at, like, basic numbers here. Um, base game is, was $39.99, three additional expansion packs at $39.90 each. So that's $159.96 plus three game packs is um, you're now at uh, $219.93, eight stuff packs uh, at that point. This is as of 2016, $299.85. Yeah, you're probably right. I bet you the game's worth about a grand. That's crazy. Interesting. Oh my goodness! But it's it's on sale on Steam right now. For uh, half, well, everything's like half price or thirty percent off. But the thing is, is like the the content, right? They're regular price fifty one ninety nine each, or twenty five. They're either fifty two bucks, twenty six bucks, thirteen bucks. Um, most of that's, so, a, that's a lot, man. That's ridiculous. So even if you were to get, let's say. The top, so get to work, seasons, get together, city living, island living, discover university, cats and dogs, which is literally just an update to add pets. Okay. 
and get famous. How many is that? That is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So 52 times eight, whatever that is. 52 times eight, $416 just for, you know, that those eight expansions. And the thing is, there's people that have bought all of those on steam. There are 35 total expansions. If you were to buy all the DLC, I, I guess this is the, the sale price because they're like either 30 or 20% off. If you buy them all on sale right now, uh, $669.86. Well, that's like if you buy Civ 5, if you buy it all together with all the expansion packs, it's like a $400 game, and I bought it for $19. Yeah. Because I'm smart and waited for the Humble Bundle. Or, or you know, you just wait for the game to go on sale. Or buy the base game and just buy expansions that you want, but it just ruins it for your friends. Yeah, because no one else can play. Yeah, it's like, who wants, to play? Who, who wants to play without China? Nobody. That's my gripe with the Switch version of Civ Six, is that the Switch version has some DLC in it that is not included in, like, the, the base game on Switch has a few DLC, like the Aztec or something like that. Yeah. And you can, there's cross-save. So you can play your game on Switch and then pl- continue playing on PC or vice versa. But if you start a game on switch and you don't have the DLC on PC, you can't play that save file. Bad sex. So I have to like start a game on PC and disable all add ons and everything just to be able to continue it on switch because I'm not buying the DLC on switch. I didn't know you bought it on switch. Yeah, we got it when it was like 30 bucks. Oh, you bought it at the same time. My bad. We never play it. So I told you to buy it. I mean, we invited you to play Civ with us the other night, and it's a good thing you didn't because we played five hours and we're only halfway done. Yeah. Uh, but what else did we get? What What else are we mad at about EA? We got well. We're not mad about the originals. I think EA originals That's are always cool stuff. Yeah, unique. Um, it takes two was shown off, and it was uh, done by the guy. I don't know if you remember his name, Yosef Fares. Yeah. He's a guy who like went at the at the VGAs. He was like, "Fuck the Oscars." Yeah. It He's looked, a weird guy. The game looked interesting, but it's very story-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Takes Two is about a child who deals with his parents' divorce by creating two dolls, which both come to life. Foodie dolls. But this is the same like company that did games like A Way Out and yeah. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is... Have you played Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons? No. It was an interesting game. It's like... Uh, I, I think you can play two people on one, but one person can play and you control these two brothers through this little adventure. But uh, like the left joystick controls one and the right joystick controls the other one. So it's, it's like a puzzle game just in trying to control them. It's, it's uh, quite a unique, unique game. It was fun. I beat it. Um, but I, I guess they did. Yeah, they did a way out, which was, pretty interesting there's a big hype for that game too but then it kind of like after it launched it just kind of disappeared didn't they didn't they also say that a way out was probably one of the most surprising games the ea's released in a while because of its low price point yeah and it has a um like a guest pass so if one person owns a game someone else could one of their friends could download the game trial and play the full game with their friend who owns it which is pretty cool. Yeah. No, no. Um, the one that actually looked cooler to me was Lost and Random. 
Didn't that game yeah. look just whimsical, charming, confusing? Like, do you get to roll the dice that's your friend, or do you just get to play with him? Why not both? It. The immediate thing I thought of was like Nightmare or Nightmare Before Christmas, very Tim Ver, uh, Burtony vibe. Mm-hmm. It. Oh my god. It was stunning. I thought that game looked incredible. Yeah, it like the artwork looks it, it looks like a drawn cartoon almost, but claymation like 3D almost, like claymation style. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. And I think um for I don't know, for any people who like board games, this might be uh, an interesting game just to kind of branch off into video games i don't i I think i'll probably pick it up and that was a a one thing like this game when we were watching it um angela thought that it looked pretty cool so i might i might pick it up when it comes out oh so you have permission to buy this game no no it's just it's just like a so one thing that we we do is we'll play or i'll play games and she'll watch right and we like to play kind of story-based games and whatnot so if there's something that she sees that looks interesting that she's kind of interested in, then I'm more inclined to try it out or play through it. Right. Yeah. We, we, we have that with some games, but a lot of the time Chris is just kind of doing her own thing. So if I'm playing a story, like if I'm playing a story based game, that's really interested in her or interesting her, like she'll chime in as I'm playing, but. not so much the last one we we played through was a plague's tale and Uh, how much playing did uh the girlfriend do she didn't play any at all she she watched did she did she backseat play like go over Uh, there not really no she's not really like that she just lets she just enjoys the story and stuff like that and then when i constantly die then she like she gets stressed out it's funny because like there was one boss that kept killing me and she's like, this is hard. I'm stressed. I'm like, you're literally not doing anything. <laughs> you were playing another episode of David falls down. Yeah, pretty much. But no, that's how we play, you know, and we, we've, we've played through, we're both three quarters of the way through, um, LA noir, you know, and we like doing that kind of deducing, finding, solving mysteries and puzzles together and stuff like that. So, Video games are just like movies, but you pay $70 for way more content. Sometimes. Like the average money you'd spend on a movie, depending on what you're watching, is anywhere from 10 to 20, or we'll say now $15 to $30 for how many times you've seen it in theaters. Plus, if you really like the movie, you're going to buy it on Blu-ray, right? Which is going to be another $20 to $30. Mm-hmm. In that investment, you could buy a video game like The Last of Us, which we'll touch on in a bit. That's uh, that $90.40 in Canada. Yeah, and it's 25 hours of content if you play it on normal. So, there's that. Do you know what game I think you would fall down a lot in and not enjoy? Which one? Rocket Arena. I also thought this was the biggest waste of time. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of, I, I zoned out. Yeah, um, I apologize. I just realized as uh, we've been kind of doing this, the first two games have been out for so long, we would never include them in a buy or wait. Um, I think both It Takes Two and Lost and Random would be games I would pick up on the cheap. Lost and Random, I think, has a little bit more interest for me. 
Yeah. However, I, I would still wait to see kind of what a review is because just because it looks promising right now doesn't mean it could be a good game. Yeah, I, I think I'm on the same same page. It Takes Two might be interesting. I would probably buy that one on sale. Um, but Lost and Random, it, it looks... I, I think I need to see a little more gameplay footage um, because the way that it looks right now and the little bit of gameplay that we saw in the trailer as much as, you know... Gameplay trailers are okay. We don't know how much of actual gameplay that is, right? Um, I would like to see a little more actual, you know, playthrough of what it's like, see how it controls and stuff like that. But I think that that's probably going to be something that I might be more inclined on purchasing within, you know, maybe a month or two of its release. Yeah. Rocket Arena, on the other hand, unless it's free to play. I thought it was. I I think it might have been free to... I think Nintendo's the only one that does free to start. That's just what Nintendo Uh, does. What did I write down? Um, Rocket Arena is not coming to Switch. It's a rocket-only shooter. It's 3v3. You get 10 heroes at launch. There's 100 levels, and it'll be a seasoned game. So, yeah, it might be. be I think it's free to play. But, like, how fun are you going to have? Like, you're squatting up with three of your friends and continually playing the same rocket launcher game over and over and over again. We did that when we were like eight. It was called Goldeneye Rockets Only. Yeah. You know what needs to die? These like team-based shooters that all look the same. Yeah. Just play Warzone like normal people. Uh, but no, you've got a point. Like The art style is very much Overwatch meets Fortnite, and the play style is Overwatch meets Unreal Tournament. Yeah. But no, no, you you are exactly right. If it's free, I will absolutely try it because you know what? I'm a sucker for free things. I didn't really enjoy Apex, but I tried it. Um, Paladins was kind of fun. I tried it. That Paladins was fun when it launched, but then they shut it down and relaunched it. So it was originally like a team-based shooter, like uh, kind of like Overwatch. It was free Overwatch. Yeah. Um, And it was fun. I played it quite a bit. And then it didn't do very well later on because everyone was playing Overwatch. Uh, Then they shut it down and relaunched it as a Battle Royale. And I never got into it. Yeah, Paladins for me was I felt as if my hands were too strong to play it on the Switch. And that's where I downloaded it. And I didn't want to I didn't download it on my other consoles. So I played it for a little bit and I felt like unless I was playing with the pro controller, it wasn't going to be a game in which I would enjoy playing because I felt I had to play quite gingerly. This next game we're going to talk about, though. I got to tell you, I know I know uh, I know you uh, you you were wary to start. Um. I made a, a simple comment online under a post for the, the trailer and I argued with people for hours. I simply said that Star Wars Squadrons looked like the game was supposed to be released in 2013 and the absolute backlash and things I was called because of this fire comment. <laughs> you poo-poo was, head. was totally worth it. Essentially, my feeling was... And I know you and I talked about it and we're on a similar page. This game looks like it was either completed years ago and then they just like held it or they built it really quickly and didn't use the consoles to their full potential. 
again, the game's not coming to Switch, but it looks like it should have been a, a last generation launch title. That's my personal opinion. Like, it does not, like, people are like, oh my god, the cockpits look crisp. No, they don't. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is because they are, the game is designed to be fully playable in VR, and I think that's what's holding it back. Uh, VR headsets just don't have the visual fidelity as a 4K display or even a full 1080p display, right? Um, now, the displays in some of these VR headsets are higher than full HD, but that doesn't mean that you're getting the same visual quality. Um, and I know this from experience. I've have I had a PlayStation VR headset, and I have a Windows Mixed Reality headset, both of which. You know, things look great, but you just don't get that high quality, totally immersive. You know, it doesn't feel like you are right there. Like it it does in the sense, but you you know you're playing a video game. Um, yeah. And, and I think I that, was overly aware watching the trailer that it was a video game. Yeah. And I think um, the reason it looks like it was. Okay, so I I think what they did is they took the Starfighter Assault mode from um, Battlefront 2 and are just adding on to that, adding a campaign and stuff like that. But then now they are having to appeal to a a VR crowd. They have all these these different um, fighters, and they have to implement a cockpit system that works for all of them, and they have to create all these other ones. And like we had mentioned before in a previous episode, um, EA has essentially rushed this game. So, you know, they probably didn't have the time to make everything look as pretty as we are expecting these days. Um, And and I noticed that as well, like when we were watching it, I'm like, it looks like it's kind of, uh, it it looked like a launch title for the system. Um, but not the current systems coming out. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it looked like it was a game that launched, could have launched on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One like years ago. Um, my big concern with that is it's limited to... Uh, what they said is combat is limited to cockpit view only. And that is to prevent uh, players who play from the third-person view uh, Prince giving them an advantage over the people playing a cockpit view because you have a limited um, viewpoint, which is like, okay, I understand that, but I don't like playing flight Sims in cockpit view because I find most of the time you, you don't aren't able to see what's around you and stuff like that. Maybe in VR it works because you can actually like turn your head and look around and stuff like that. Um, but for playing on it's a screen, not so much. Uh, and I was talking about this. I was talking Sorry, about this ahead. at uh, at work the other day with uh, one of my buddies there, uh, and we we said like, why can't they just have a matchmaking mode where if you're playing in VR, it only matches you up with people playing in VR, or not even VR, just cockpit mode, right? Select the cockpit mode and only match people up with that, whereas only match people up who are playing in the um, outside of the cockpit mode. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's options there, but they are limiting it because they just don't want to put it in. PUBG did that. Remember when they added the third person mode? And so Uh, did Grand Theft Auto. 
which is also interesting. The thing that like I don't know to me like I've I've always played Star Wars games. I haven't rushed out to get them. Admittedly, I still haven't played Fallen Order. I'll probably play it in November when it's nine ninety nine. I don't know if I'm going to go down to ten bucks anytime soon. It I, might go down to twenty though. It's been hovering around thirty nine for a while. I could see maybe around Christmas it goes down to twenty bucks, but uh, I, I this, it'll be thirty bucks for uh, the foreseeable future. Yeah, when, when it came to this specific title, I just I watched it and I was like, okay, so. I'm limited to only playing the game in cockpit. Cool, I guess. And there's a solo, like, there's a a single-player campaign. Okay, that'll make it cool. 5v5. Okay. So now I have a multiplayer ability to shoot starfighters down, or I can go play by myself. And this is going to also be worth, uh, like, $79 plus tax. No, it's 55 Oh, it is. Yeah, so it's it's pre order. You can pre order it. Um, it's on Steam right now. Oh, see, I I hadn't looked at the price. That's my bad. You don't fucked up. But still, that seems really high for yeah. what you're getting. Star Wars Squadron, fifty four ninety nine Canadian. So it's not priced as a AAA game, which is good because if it was, I would definitely not buy it. Um, fifty five bucks. Okay, I. You have my curiosity. Um, but at the same time, I would have to, I, I want to see how things are with it. Um, but let me level with you for a second here. I'm talking to all of you Star Wars fans. Listen up. Dear Star Wars fans. If you need to run out and buy absolutely everything that says Star Wars on it, they're going to keep making incredibly half-assed shitty things. Look at some of the movies that have come, in out, come out. Look at some of the games that have come out. Take a pause before you run out to pre-order this game. Wait for it to come out. Let's see the reviews. You've got the most lopsided company working on this title, and they've come out recently saying, we are going to go double time on Star Wars titles over the next few years. Lucasfilms just said there's going to be a movie every... Two years, I believe. Did they announce that? I know that. Yeah, as, as of 2022. Stopped. Okay. So they they get it. They've got you guys by the balls. Like, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not nearly, like, a, a super Star Wars fan. Like, uh, my pal David here. But, like, just listen to my words. If EA is allowed to continually make shitty Star Wars games and they rush them, and you guys are dumb enough to continually buy them at full price, they're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and we're not going to get anything good. See, the problem is, though, is that because EA has the exclusive rights to make Star Wars games from Disney, there is no other option, right? Well, there, like if there, there were, is an option. If, yeah, to not buy that. And then you just... Then, here's what happens... People stop buying the games and then they're like, oh, there's no demand for Star Wars games. Then we don't get any Star Wars games. Then we we go into a Star Wars game drought again. No, there is a the demand would change based off people aren't buying it at launch and they're waiting for it to plummet in price. But the thing is, is that the studios don't see that, right? Well, EA doesn't see anything. No. They're blind. I think uh, if, if Disney were smart, they would have given the Star Wars license to a few different studios, 
right? Um, say, say EA, Ubisoft, and something. I bet else. you. I bet you Square Enix would make an insane. Maybe Square Enix. Star that would Wars be good. Games. So if if they were to split the Star Wars franchise up between those three studios, they would get a little more competition between games. I I bet we would see quality increase. Um. And I, I think we would get a lot more variety in games as well. Um, the thing is with this is it literally just looks like a reskinned um, Battlefront 2. All the models like that. And that's the thing is like they have all the character models already. They have all the, like the assets for ships and everything. All they're doing is changing some some skins. Like if you pre-order right now, you get some blue colored skins for uh, the New Republic and some yellow stripe skins for the imperial shut up uh, and take my money yeah um it's it's one of those things like i i want star wars games because i enjoy playing them i think there's a huge universe that needs to be explored um but with having one company being the only one that can make star wars games eventually you're just going to get a a lower quality game every time well you say that and you're like another that whole universe needs to be explored but um do you remember your reaction to me when uh they they told everybody what time period the game was in oh yeah i was i was annoyed with that they were like yep so the game happens right after return of the jedi yeah so the game this game essentially takes place probably right around the same time as the campaign from battlefront 2 right it's like Okay, so I get it. There's probably about like, what, like 20, 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. But why can't we explore the space battle that took place during the original trilogy? There's a whole line of books, which I guess don't exist or don't, aren't canon anymore, technically, thanks, Disney. There's a whole line of books for Rogue Squadron. Right. Those all took place. A lot of those stories took, took place either before, during, before or after um, A New Hope. Right. Yeah. There's so many missions like explore what these squadrons like show us why these we should care about these pilots and, you know, give us something that we are fighting towards. You know, after the, the Death Star is being destroyed, after Return of the Jedi, all it is, is, you know, just uh, the Imperials are angry and they want to wipe out the the re- rebels just the same, right? There's no urgency to complete these missions or to s- defeat this star destroyer because it's like, whatever, essentially we're just doing cleaning up. Right. I would like to see actually in between empire and return. Right. Like I think there's, and, and that's the thing is like, they could be doing, there's, there's still a decent number of a few years in between those two movies. Actually, no, Sorry, Empire, and I'm thinking uh, New Hope and Empire. Um, but there's there's a decent amount of time between Empire and Return of the Jedi where, you know, they could have squadrons. Like, Empire, yeah, ends on a cliffhanger, right? So it's like they could implement storylines where, you know, say, you, sure, be Luke and flying in Rogue Squadron or other people, and they're they're trying to find, you know, plans to... Death Star 2, um, trying to find out where Han Solo is, right? Like just things like that. There's a lot of stuff that they could have done, but they're taking the easy way out. And 
I, I would call this unoriginal in the sense that they are ignoring any, any potential storyline that they could expand on. And okay. I know that I've complained in the past about them, you know, like rehashes, remakes and reboots of stuff like that. But Star Wars is one of those things that the universe is, is so much more than the games and movies that they could make something that takes place in the timeline of the movies, right? Like the original trilogy or even the prequel trilogy. Right. And it would, it would, all it would do would be adding to those uh, movies and stories. Look at um, clone wars, right? The clone Wars series is uh, amazing and praised by so many people. And season 10, I want to say, I don't know, whatever the most season seven, I don't know the, the last season that just came out on Disney plus directly ties into episode three. In fact, like there's parts of that series that that season that take place during episode three. So it's not like they can't do it. It's just the developers and, and the story writers have to want to do it. And I get that it can be difficult making a story and trying to intertwine it into a story that's already there and, and not like kind of stepping on toes. Right. Like you don't want them to be like, Oh, um, we're going to fight Boba Fett and, you know, destroy slave one in this mission. But then, you know, in the next movie, he's there and it's perfectly fine. You can't do stuff like that, but you know, there's other missions stories that they can tell that can expand on the turmoil between, you know, the rebellion and the empire and stuff like that. But we like, we already played a game where the death star was destroyed. Why do we need another one? Yeah. And And I mean, (laughs) you, you you see no more star Wars. That's all I was uh, pleading. I just want to see quality star Wars games, not quantity star Wars games that happened to us in the early nineties. And I mean, some of the side scrollers were great. And then you got a bunch of games for the PS one and the Xbox or the Xbox, um, the Nintendo 64, and then there was a massive drought. And I think because the game weren't quality. Yeah, I think that's why people praise the old games so much when you can play them on the Xbox or the PlayStation, right? When they're re-released, when they're up-resed or um, remastered, right? Because not only did we grow up playing them, but there was a certain quality to them, right? Because back then also there wasn't the ability to patch games and send updates so easily after they've launched, right? So games, yeah, they might have bugs in them, but uh, for the most part, games were pretty solid. Yeah, I feel like I'm just pleading to the wrong community. Like Star Wars fans are detrimental to their own selves when it comes to the quality of things. And that's fine. Like I know every fandom has that. If you go from like your your Buffy fans, your Marvel fans, your Star Wars fans, your Supernatural fans, everybody kind of has their own standards mm-hmm. for canon. Harry Potter, especially. Yeah, those freaks. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, but like, just like joking. When, it, when you look at like Harry Potter and you look at um, why can't, Star Wars, Jesus. When you look at Harry Potter and Star Wars, both have kind of had the similar upbringing in the video game world where the games, they're just cranking them out, but the quality isn't the greatest. And I just hope that 
EA doesn't get away with just rushing another game to try and like make some quick money off fans because they know out of all of their IPs, Star Wars is guaranteed to print the money every single time, mm. even if the game is absolute shit. And I think like nobody played Battlefront Two at the beginning because everybody was so mad at it, and now everybody has it because they bought it for twenty dollars. Yeah, I got it for twenty bucks on sale. I got it for free. Yeah, I I got it for free as well, but I'm not going to play on PC or PS PS4. I think here's my theory with um a, another one of my theories for Squadrons. This I think, is our last Star Wars point. Yeah. I think they added the VR mode to it because right now the VR market, it's there, but it's not huge. So they are trying to get something that will entice or excite the people with the VR headsets to buy this game. Um, When Battlefront 1, like 2015 Battlefront 1 Star Wars came out, on PlayStation 4, there was a special DLC mission or whatever that allowed you to play a... It was almost like a training mission in an X-Wing. And it was full VR. You could fly around in the X-Wing and stuff like that. It was super cool. Very impressive. There's a demand for that. And they know that. So if they can't get... If they're going to lose some market share or some sales on people who are like, eh, you know, it's just a quick cash grab. I'll wait for it to go on sale. They're going to get the money from the people who have the VR headsets that are looking for a star Wars or just a flight sim in general. Yeah, that's my thoughts. I I will accept as we move on to our next <laughs> topic. What are we angry about now? Still, no, it's still EA. <laughs> um, EA then showed off a bunch of next gen footage of FIFA Madden. What we maybe think is dragon age Four. some battlefield clips. Um, what looks like another burnout game. So instead of announcing anything, they were just like, here's a bunch of footage. People uh, of the EA sports community were a little upset with EA's presentation because instead of them actually explaining some of the new features that were coming to the games in both Madden and FIFA, two of their biggest franchises, they glossed it over with like a 30 second video. People were not happy. Once again, EA was just like, you know what? You find people give us money all the time. You spend tons of money on microtransactions for coins. Here's a 30 second video. Peace out. And then what uh, shocked some, and I jokingly said to you before I got off, uh, I think, did I talk to you between the podcast and the EA thing? Or no, that was a day apart. That was that night. So I said, for those who uh, don't know, I said to David, like after we finished wrapping our show, we uh, we had a conversation. We're like, okay, here's what's going to, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this happened, that happened, this kind of thing. And I, I haphazardly said to David before I hung up, I was just like, you want to bet we're going to watch EA. It's going to be disappointing as hell that they're going to announce Skate 4. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm legitimately dead that that actually happened. Were you caught off guard at all there, David? Um, n- not really. Like, I was expecting it, honestly. Like, after you said it, I, I totally agreed. I was, like, thinking, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to release Skate 4, mostly because um, of all the hype with the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 yeah. remake, right? There's four skate games and in the next year. other skate 
boarding game that's coming out that looks terrible. Skater XL and Sessions is also coming out. Yeah, so EA is like, oh yeah, we got to get in on this. My guess is that they haven't even started development on it. That would be probably the safe bet because they showed footage from other skates. And it was, it was so bad. Like, here's a guy on a webcam and he's going to sit in front of a skate for a skateboard that they clearly made yesterday. Just. Yeah. And and the thing is, so this is what really pissed me off is that stupid host. So they they made this announcement. They had like the two devs and they're like, oh, we are working on skate four. We can't tell you any more details about that because they don't have any. Uh, but then that host guy, he was like, yes, yes, everyone. We did it. I did it. You did it. We did this all together. And I'm just like, holy shit, like, shut up. And <laughs> it's so annoying. I get it. You got to have a host that tries to engage the audience, but it's a pre-recorded thing. You know, people aren't responding to the host you're not talking. You're not in front of a live audience. Yeah, and they weren't interacting with the chat at all. Yeah, it it just was stupid. It, the whole thing was pre-recorded, anyways, right? Like, and, and then they made sure because they ran out of time, they didn't plan it correctly. They put "play" in gold letters behind the dude. Yeah. Uh, just over overall, EA's presentation was so incredibly underwhelming. I'm genuinely afraid for the ubisoft one coming up the bethesda one that still has no date and apparently microsoft has now moved their presentation to july no date announced yet i don't i don't know if i can go through this kind of disappointment an hour at a time anymore i know can't they just have like a big ea thing i mean a a big e3 thing where just one day 24 hours they just Everybody's do, they just do their stuff. So we just get disappointed all at once. Instead of instead of having little bits of trickling bits of disappointment, little niblets of disappointment here and there. You know, like do do these game companies just want us to be like depressed consistently, like constantly? Well, what what are your next three things that you're predicting to go wrong? I don't know. I'm going to say Starfields won't be available until 2023. Maybe 2022 at the earliest, but 2023. What is what Starfields? Starfields is the new Bethesda IP that they were oh, they showed off right. at the end of last year. Yeah, that's right. Um the thing is with Bethesda they, they show something and then you just forget about it because it's like, whatever, you know, it, it's going to be like four or five years before this was released. And in the meantime, the, 76. and in the, yeah. And in the meantime, they're going to release Skyrim on another th- three or four different platforms. Actually. Yeah. You're right, but it's not going to be Skyrim. Fallout four will be switch compatible. I calling that now. I don't know why I just felt that, but it, it just, it took over my body. The next other thing we're going to find out that's going to be completely disappointing, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to get delayed again. I don't think it will. We, we saw a new trailer for it today, but we're going to hit that. Actually, let's do that now. Cyberpunk, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm, I, I think my excitement for it is, is still there. Um, I thought that the thing that they were showing today was 
going to be more of a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's a series and they're going to be doing these small streams over the next course of, I don't know how long months, maybe and show off little bits of different stuff and talk to the developers. And I think, and I, I mentioned this to you, my guess is that because of the delay, um, they are going to be doing this to kind of increase or maintain the hype for the game. Yeah, I think I think it's a smart strategy. We're also seeing Square Enix do it for Marvel's Avengers. They've uh, started a series called War Table, I, I believe it's called. And uh, it's the same thing. So yesterday we saw a mission, like a, a Thor mission. And then they explained a little bit about how like the leveling will go in the game. But they were like, come back in two weeks and we're going to show you more stuff about the game. So, I mean, maybe this is the new medium for doing this kind of stuff with no E3. If they're going to do like a, a, a stepped release for stuff, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> I think um, the, the in the age of delays, it's easy for games to be forgotten about. And I think in the long run, if if a game is delayed for so long, unless it's like The Last of Us 2, right, where the hype has been there for so long, um, and especially with all the bad press in, in the past few weeks, um, the longer a game is delayed, the bigger chance that it's going to be forgotten. Look at like Rage 2 and stuff like that, right? Like, I, don't, I forgot it came out. I don't even know anyone who's played that game. Um, so I think... It's good for developers and it's easy for them to do this stuff, right? I think it's good for them to do these like small little updates, show a little bit more of the game play and stuff like that, release a new trailer, sure. But it keeps the game fresh in people's minds. It gives the community something to talk about. They can there's always going to be those people that, you know, go through it frame by frame and look for little bits of detail and stuff like that that they can find from it, right? Um so it's, it's pretty cool. Now, did I watch the whole thing? No, because it was boring. Um, <laughs> I watched maybe like, I watched like, you know, maybe like 10 minutes of it. I watched the the beginning and the the host was annoying. Only in the sense that I, I just don't like these things where they act like, like, I get it. It's their job to like hype it up, but they act like too excited for it, you know? It's like, come on, guys. The game is this is pre-recorded. Guaranteed that they weren't doing it live. It's pre-recorded. The game doesn't come out for like nine months. You don't have to act like it's coming out next week, right? Um, but yeah, like the trailer that they showed was pretty cool. It was kind of long, um, but it showed a lot of stuff from like the beginning of the game, kind of like the prologue stuff, which was cool. Um, and then they showed off a, I forget what it's called, like a dream sequence mode or whatever. So I guess you can get these. They're like memory chips or something like that. I forget what they're called. BP or something like that. Um, And essentially it's this device that records what happens with a person there. And so you can um, experience it, but then also watch it from like a third or like outside perspective. And it's kind of like a investigation type mode where uh, you can listen to what's going on from other conversations. You can get bits of information that you wouldn't otherwise see. And and they do a good job explaining 
how it works and why it works like in the game. So um, it, it's not like, Oh, this is just a video game. It, it, I don't know. You have to watch it, but it, it looked pretty cool. Um, so they added, they showed that part of the gameplay and it was funny watching some of the comments cause people like snore, like boring, stuff like that. But I think that's going to be a major part of the game. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of kind of like the Sherlock Holmes games where you have to recreate crime scenes and stuff like that, or even um, like the old Blade Runner game where you have to explore some of the crime scenes and, and stuff. So I don't know, they showed that. And then the, it was just like lots of commun- talking with the developers and they were explaining the stuff. And I think that stuff, like whatever, I just, I just want to see like the gameplay. I don't really care right now about <laughs> the what the developers have to say about oh like this is a super cool thing blah 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 like i get it the game is pretty much done like they last said in their delay yeah um so at least we know that the stuff that they're showing us right now is pretty much going to be in the game right that that's my feeling about even um the avengers what i watched yesterday i know you saw you uh skimmed through it a little bit as well the game looks complete from what we saw. Like, I mean, we saw a full Thor mission and I think it's really cool that you get to kind of choose your own way of playing. So if you want to have Iron Man as an example, but you want more of your attacks to be air-based opposed to ground-based, you can pick your attacks based on your play style and your Iron Man may might play differently than my Iron Man. Same with the Hulk or Ms. Marvel, stuff mm-hmm. like that. The one thing that I would, or I did find incredibly interesting about yesterday's presentation was kind of the way it was divided out. So they kind of ran everything from the interface of the helicarrier. So they showed you the maps of the game. They showed you what the characters would look like and how they interacted with each other. The voice actors, to me, like I haven't seen confirmation yet. I'm going to look into it a little bit deeper. But some of the voice actors sound like the ones from like uh, the the Avengers Assemble cartoon. Mm-hmm. So like Thor sounded a lot like that to me, and so did Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game looks like much like Cyberpunk, and seeing the trailer today and a little bit of the gameplay, the games look complete. They look like they're ready, but they are spending every waking minute making sure that the games are perfect. I know we're going to be waiting till November. What was it, nineteenth for Cyberpunk? And the Avengers is September 4th. If things trend properly, we could be in for one hell of a final quarter for video games. Yeah. Just in general. Smaller day one patches. Yeah. I've never been a fan of, like, I know Cyberpunk's going to be the exact same way where it's going to be like um, what I'm playing right now, like The Last of Us. Like, you're playing a single player game, but it's going to be like a very intensive single player game. Um, I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh so hard. It was like, I, when you go down to, or when you sit down to play that single player game, you just bought and somebody sends you an invite for quads. Like you son of a bitch. I'm in. (laughs) It's a, it's the same way right now. Like I've sat down to play the last of us, or I've sat down to play something else. And somebody has been like, Hey, call of duty. And sometimes your friends beat you to the other people. It just happens, but we're not going to get into that. I digress. Uh huh. (laughs) What I will tell you is Sean I have been before bros. That's all I'm saying. I did not. Yeah, there was it was a it was an inopportune time, unfortunately. But 
we will still have our reviews out for you guys consistently. Um, and that was only one day. Consistently, not this week. There were seven other days or six other days in the week. David just happened to be busy all of them. Yeah, apparently. Anyways, one thing that I uh, noticed with uh, the Marvel's Avengers yeah. uh, is that all of the characters look nothing like the characters that we have seen for the last 10 years, except for Bruce Banner. I know it's not really model after Mark Ruffalo, but I think that they kind of modeled, modeled him after Mark Ruffalo. A little bit, yeah, but like a, a chunkier one. Yeah, like I, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, oh man, Modok looked so freaking terrifying too, which was the 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 bad little purple thing in the helmet. Oh yeah, for you. Do you know what else is terrifying? Some of the absolute jump sounds in The Last of Us 2. Now, um, I won't go over any spoilers or anything like that. I don't think that's necessary. I'm also not far enough in the game, and I would be really pissed if somebody ruined it for me. I already had something ruined for me early on, which really disappointed me. I think think before you get get into it, you need to explain why you have the game at launch because if I recall correctly, you said that you were going to wait on getting it. Yeah, I absolutely was. Um, I was at home last Friday. I was doing a bunch of stuff and the girlfriend came home with a copy of the last of us. And she's like, Oh, I know, I, I know like we've been home and all these things. And I just want, like everybody's talking about this game. I heard you and David talking about it on the podcast. I wanted you to get it. So I'm playing through it right now. Now, um, the question is, uh, she mailed my copy that she got for me, right? Yeah, well, she actually told me um, you had uh, a large amount available to you and to help yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, how it is. I mean, if you if you want to borrow my copy, you're more than welcome to, but you're not going to play it until you finish the first one. <laughs> no, it'll be a few years before I get to that, I'm sure. Um, so the one thing I will say to people... And this is, I think, where I'm going to leave my Last of Us experience for today. I'm going to give you guys two points. One, play with headphones on. Because the sound mixing for a game that scored 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 for most people, the sound mixing is fucking brutal. I say that in the kindest way possible. But when you're playing a game, at let's say level 15 on your TV, right? And dialogue is happening, but you have to have subtitles on because you can barely hear the dialogue over like the ambient noise. That's a problem. Mm. When you adjust it, the ambient noise is still much louder than the dialogue because I think they program the dialogue to always be underneath. So play with headphones on. You'll probably enjoy the game a lot better. Like I've had a few jump moments where I didn't see something coming and I've been in a quiet room and I've like kind of been startled. Right. Uh, Mainly explosions. But um, where I'm going to end my Last of Us comments for now is don't buy into the shit posting and um, what's that called? Review nuking? Re- review bombing. Review. Don't buy into yeah. it. I saw a post on Reddit the other day that I went, I meant to save. I went to go back and find it and I couldn't find it. But essentially there is a group like the, the review bombs are insane. Like the game's getting like two or three out of um, like user score. 
I, I will tell you a lot of the first few acts of the game, like you are just like, it's watching a movie. I've already probably watched maybe 45 minutes of cutscenes in the game already. I, that might be a little high, but like, I feel like between that and all the walking you do, opposed to actually like solving puzzles to get around things or like doing um, stealth, like sneak around missions. Right. Um, there's a lot of just downtime in the game. And I can see how that affects the review from a user standpoint. But what I also think is happening is that phenomenon that you and I constantly talk about called Black Friday. Because just like last year with Days Gone, game came out in the summer and it was freaking, what, 20 bucks at Black Friday already? Yeah. A lot of people are banking on this game being bought and returned quickly and plummeting in price. Mm-hmm. And that's very evident when you read some of the, like I read one review on Metacritic where it was just like this game, like I bought it, I played it for like a few hours, didn't get very far, returned it. What were you doing for the first few hours? The game is freaking as linear as it could possibly be. There's like a few open world parts of the map where you kind of have a little bit of freedom to explore, but I've also learned that while you're doing that, you might get sent back there because something might spawn after you find something else. Mm-hmm. Overall, I'm enjoying my experience of the game. Do I think it's a 10 out of 10? No. Do I think it's more of a 7 to 8 out of 10 based off my playing? Yes. A lot of my grading has to do with, again, the fact that like I shouldn't have to play with my controller and the remote throughout the entire game playing experience. Now I live in a apartment. I don't have my own house. Like, you know, one thing that I know that um, whatever naughty dog has always been good at is their sound mixing options. You might have to go into settings and change your sound. Have you played around with that? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. So like the big thing for me is like, if I want to be immersed in a story based game like this, I want to be able to hear what the characters are saying, but sometimes I'm missing it. So I've had to like replay cutscenes, or in other situations, like there'd be like offhanded dialogue while you're moving through something and something will happen and your character will still talk. And you're just like, okay, cool. So like there's shit going on and there's like gunfire or whatever. And you're just like, what did she say? The subtitles have helped tremendously, but I, I just find it sometimes like if you're playing the game at 15, you shouldn't have to turn it down anytime gunfire happens. And turn it up anytime dialogue is happening. True. Especially if, like, Naughty Dog, you're, you're absolutely right. And, like, Days Gone was perfect for it. For the amount of zombie hordes that were coming at you, you could still hear conversation and gunfire. But, like, having everything at 100 is slightly ineffective in this game. And that, that's my opinion. And that, that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to review the game until I'm done it. Um, I know David doesn't really care about the spoilers for the game. So it'll be an easy review when I'm complete it but uh i'm hoping to have like i'm taking my time i'm only giving it like an hour every other day or two hours every other day you know they wanted to kind of stretch out now can Maybe you worth- save wherever you want in that game yep so you can manually save or there's checkpoints all over the place like and they're they're pretty the game takes forever to load in but when you're switching like levels and stuff it's very quick and seamless so, Can you imagine game, how quick and seamless it'll be on the PlayStation 5? 
Yeah. Like with the, the load times. The big thing, no, they're doing, they do a lot of what God of War did, and it's very evident. Like when you're traveling in between um, one area to the next and you're doing a lot of walking. Right. Like the game's clearly loading the next part of the game, which is perfectly fine. That's a, that's a very standard way now Sony does or Sony uses to like do background processing. But um, like I, I was mentioning to a friend that was playing it as well. I'm like, you, when you start moving with your character, like you're using Ellie a lot as mm-hmm. the main character. If you even like jostle the joystick a little bit, she goes into a sprint. Like there's no just like consistent walk speed. It's either run or super run. Right. So that that's where I'm going to leave the game. I'm enjoying it. I have a uh, like a few technical gripes, I guess. But don't buy into the review bombs. If you really genuinely want to play the game or you're a fan of the franchise, play the game. If you want to wait till November, that's on you too. But don't purposely tank a game. Just so you could try and buy it cheaper. That's shitty for everybody involved. And then you won't get AAA titles out of Sony anymore and Naughty Dog. Which, I mean, some of their games over the last few years have been worth every freaking weight and penny. I mean, the first time I bought Last of Us was on the PS3. And then I got a digital copy when I bought my PS4. So, technically I bought it twice. Holy, we are almost out of time and we have one topic left. Why does Nintendo got to do us like this, man? <laughs> why, why have a five-minute Pokemon Direct? Or, sorry, 11-minute and 28-second Pokemon Direct? Because they got to get they gotta keep that Pokemon hype going. A lot of people were under the impression that we were going to get another Let's Go game this year. I would have been for it. I think we're still going to get one, to be honest. But this one announced two very specific things. One, Pokemon Cafe was available as of... uh, What day did that happen? The 23rd. Right, yeah. So, or the 24th. It was yesterday. Wow. Um, Yeah, so Pokemon Cafe would be available as of yesterday. Free to to start. Obviously, there's microtransactions. You can pick it up on your phone or your Switch. You know where you can't play it, though. On your TV. What? Yeah, Pokemon Cafe is not oh, compatible. Yeah. Or, or it does not have dock compatibility mode. It works in handheld mode only. Yeah. Which, I mean, if I wanted a time-wasting puzzle on my television, well, I don't know why I can't have it. Like, I, think, I, mean, I think because of the way that the puzzle it works... Um, it it won't work for, as well with the joystick. You just don't have that precise control. I think that is required for um, completing the puzzle game, essentially. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to try it out on my phone. I think that's going to be a little bit more fun. Why? Is your phone just, a seven inch screen? I have the Pro Max, <laughs> so it's close. It's six inches. Um, average. (laughs) (laughs) Then they announced Pokemon Unite, which immediately looked cool. I think having a Pokemon MOBA is not a bad idea. I think if it's executed correctly, it will be fantastic. I I like the premise of 
you had to, you got to pick one of your Pokemon, you battled and quote unquote captured Pokemon along your way um, in order to battle the other team and take points away from their, I can't remember what those little capture stations were called, like the, the point platforms. I guess it's just where you deposit the Pokemon that you capture. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bunch on each side and you can either destroy them or you can continually play on them and try and capture Pokemon on both sides of the arena. Um, I really thought it was cool that every game, everybody starts at the same level. So if you pick Charmander, Charmander will evolve at like level three or whatever. And then at level whatever, he'll become uh, Charizard. And you get a ranged attack, you get a close attack. Mm -hmm. Um, As you evolve your character throughout each level, you get to also pick attacks that your your character gets to use which i thought was really interesting so if you're trying to play it as effectively as possible you'll end up learning what builds are best for your charmander or your squirtle or your pikachu i thought i had the list but i think i might have closed the window which is very possible possible but you only get 10 pokemon to start i believe correct i believe there's yeah i believe there's only 10 starting pokemon yeah, um, they are Talonflame, Lucario, Snorlax, Gengar, Machamp, Clefairy, Pikachu, uh, Blastoise, Venusaur, and Charizard. So you're going to start off with, I guess, a Ghastly, a Clefairy, a Machop. Um, Pikachu doesn't appear to go to Raichu, which is also interesting. And Talonflame is included opposed to like a Pidgey, which is kind of unique um i know you mentioned to me previously that you believe that they're going to have more pokemon relatively quickly um as the game is going to be free to start and pay to play or pay to win depending on how nintendo actually did it they call it free to start that's there's no pay to win in nintendo games well there there would be if it's an online game that you can play and if it's free to start but you can pay for multiple or like different pokemon like could you imagine how smart would Nintendo be if they were like, you got to buy six more Pokemon of your choice, depending on your level. Like, so you would pick like, I don't know, a, a random assortment of like a Mewtwo, a Greninja, a Zapdos, like whatever you want. Like you just pick six random Pokemon and you just buy six Pokemon to add to your game. Or it has unlock features like Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool because then if Nintendo started getting into games with a little bit more microtransactions, it could be a a very different style of game for themselves. Like it's working out really well with uh, Smash Brothers. Um, You're seeing it now a little bit more with um, that new game coming out, ARMS. So you're going to see microtransactions pop up, I think, more in Nintendo games than they ever had before. And this would be a perfect opportunity for them to do that and take advantage. Kind of like test the waters too, right? Let's see... They could they could have different price points for stuff, right? Yeah, like and, could you imagine what is it? Uh, it's not called Pokemon Bank anymore. It's called Pokemon Home, I believe. Yeah. Could you imagine for the low price of five dollars, you could bring you could import three of your Pokemon home Pokemon in to the game? So they're they're yours with their IVs because a lot of people who have Pokemon Home tend to IV train. Mm-hmm. The only difference would be. If you're bringing over your Charizard, it starts as a Charmander when the game begins. 
you still have all the stats that are inside it, but you bring over your own Pokemon. That would be cool. Plus, then they have another reason to use Pokemon Home. This is true. But I would probably not pay for it. Oh, I wouldn't pay for it anyways. Like, I don't see my, like, legitimately, I don't see myself playing the, or playing this game beyond or, yeah, beyond the paywall. Like, I will play it as long as it's free to play. Mm-hmm. The most I could possibly see myself spending on this game is, like, maybe $20 if I get into it. But it would have to be worth it. Like, that $20 would have to be well spent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not like, uh, it, and, and the only thing is like, as long as it just, if, if you have to pay to unlock different Pokemon, sure. But as long as they aren't inherently better than any of the starting Pokemon, you know what I mean? Like it, it should just require different skills to be able to utilize their, their abilities effectively. But yeah. I shouldn't be able to buy a Pokemon for, you know, six bucks and completely in, obliterate anyone who's playing with a starter Pokemon. Yeah. And I, I think that's the one thing that's absolutely incredible about it. And it's different than anything else. And this might be the substitute to Pokemon stadium that people are begging for after that snap announcement. This could be, we're giving you guys a different type of battle arena for Pokemon. It's not going to be Tekken. It's not, or uh, what was it called? Potekin tournament. This is going to be a MOBA. You get to pick your character. The cool thing about it too, is it looks like the character selection is draft related. So once a picture, uh, like much like rainbow six, once a player or or, sorry, once it's your turn to pick a Pokemon, that's like you get to pick. And then that person's not available for the next one. Mm -hmm. Because it's five versus five right now. You only get 10 Pokemon total to start the game. So that I find super interesting. And they also said there's no type advantage, only ability advantages. Yeah, like, so like fire Blastoise strong against feel, grass and water is strong against fire. No, that's that's an ability. That's a that's a type advantage that doesn't exist anymore. It's an it. ability advantage. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I, I'm just trying to find the exact. I wrote it down, but I want to make sure I got it. No type advantage. Yeah, so it says no type weakness. Um, but they don't really have a lot of information on it. So it's very hard to kind of pinpoint out, but that would, that would explain why they have some of the Pokemon that they have, because if you were going to have type advantages for each side, you would have two fire, two water, two grass, two psychic, two electric, you know, you, you would have like a full out rock, paper, scissors style situation. I'm just trying to see it. I remember hearing it, but I don't see it. Crap. Well, I apologize, <laughs> but I, I, I can't find what uh, what I'm talking about. But I know. Hmm. I know in my heart of hearts, I'm right, and that happens quite and, often. And right? that's what's most important. As long as you yeah. think you're right. Yeah. As long. As, not only do I think I'm right. I'm being rude and belligerent about it, mm-hmm. but no, I can't see um, just trying to like blast through an article. I just can't see it. I I'm fairly certain they said there would be no advantages and we're, we're going to post the trailer anyways. So you can take a look if you haven't looked at it already. 
Uh, do we have anything else we got to clean up today? Uh, not really. I think I think we hit everything, every nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was good. I think uh, next week we're gonna have some more news from other developers. Hopefully, we have a Microsoft date by then. Um, it would be very helpful to know and kind of plan things out. Um, also, let us know what you want to hear. David and I um, are going to end up taking some vacations at some point through the summer, even though we've been kind of on permanent vacations. Um, but we will have some kind of uh, list episodes for you guys and just different top episodes, uh, if you will. So if you guys have something you want to hear, let us know and we will gladly make a list or have an argument in which David will probably win. Like it, like always. You want to hear. Yeah. I mean, we do have a very special Nintendo 64 episode coming up for you guys where David gets really mad at me a few times. So it's great. But uh, I don't remember any of that. See, the thing is, is with our relationship, I try and put us all of our disagreements behind us because that's how you have a strong and loving and growing relationship. Yeah. And like our disagreements, it's time to put this episode (laughs) behind us. We'll catch you guys later. Take care.